What up, world? Welcome to the GoLink Show. My name is Ben. I am the founder of GoLink, a goal-setting community providing growth junkies, aka you, with weekly challenges to avoid complacency. These challenges are inspired by brands to bring you new ways to develop and improve yourself on a consistent basis. You can kick back and watch me take on these exciting and uncomfortable challenges, or you can join me. I challenge every listener out there to complete these weekly goals. Catch the content on Instagram or Facebook at GoLink Group. The GoLink Show, this podcast recounts experiences from the achievers of the world, but not just the success. We delve into the challenges and the struggle that we all face. How do we find the will to push through? What role do motivation, discipline, and even failure play in our lives? Let's talk about the process and not just the result. We discuss this and much more in the show. Thanks for tuning in. This week, we have a very special guest. It is Michael Marciel, founder of founder and owner of the Five Figure Work Week, a mastermind group and online course arsenal to help you personally and in your business. He's been featured in Forbes and the Today Show. He's been in the online content world for over 14 years now, which is wild to think 14 years ago and online content still feels so new to us. Let's learn how he battles with loneliness and has become self-aware of his own weaknesses, how to stop consuming, and why we should start creating. How he went from jobless, broke, not seeing his daughter, divorced, depressed, and living in his car. Yes, all of those things. And how he made it out by hiring himself as his own mentor. But really, this is real life. He, he was all these things. He bought a meal at McDonald's by finding change under his car seat while living in his car. I know nothing about this, but I admire that he's made it out through through this. Um, learn how he lives his life by design and not by default. The importance of gratitude in his life. And he drops some real knowledge of how to get out of depression and take action to change. So without further ado, let's get into it. Alrighty, everyone, welcome to the Goaling Show. My name is Ben. We got my man Michael here. What's up, my dude? What's up? What's up, <laughs> listeners? Yo, yo. So, Michael, what? Let's get a quick rundown from you of how you've been in the content business um, for 14 years, online content business, which is longer than some people have maybe been alive or most of their life. You know, listening out there and just really go into the you're the creator of the five figure five figure work week um, and I love how you say you're a regular dude with irregular attitude and results I really resonate with that and I think everyone's technically a regular person it's just the choices they make so give us a lo- lowdown of who you are boom regular dude first and foremost for sure um, and yeah 14 years and I think we'll talk a little bit more about that later mm-hmm. but Oh man, crazy stuff is because, um, you know, 14 years of doing anything, uh, that's a long time. That is a long time. That's all. That makes me feel old. <laughs> I just turned 34. So, yeah. um, so for me, you know, with content, being online, doing, doing that thing, um, you know, it really all started because, you know, and something I resonated with than just your show and what you're all about is, mm-hmm. um, I had a goal of doing something bigger and better than, the people that I've seen around me. Um, and, uh, I just always had that kind of, uh, fiery call or that, that thing in the pit of my stomach. Yeah. It's always always been there. Like I knew I I was going to do something different or Mm -hmm. bigger. And, uh, and so, yeah, I just, every opportunity I see to kind of step outside of the comfort zone, um, I take it on, you know, and that's where you learn. And I think Mm -hmm. we all get that, but it's not until you do it in real life that you understand what that really looks like. Mm -hmm. Because, man, you start battling some demons. You start seeing really cool stuff, but you get to go through that stuff. And mm-hmm. So, yeah, 14 years ago, I was a 19-year-old kid just minding my own business, dropping out of college. And, um, <laughs> and I started working with yeah. a really small company to mm-hmm. uh, to produce content for them that would be seen and bring in uh, more customers for them. So, But, like, what, what did that look like 14 years ago? Yeah, 14 years ago. Okay, so this is what it felt like and looked like. I was a 19-year-old kid (laughs) who loved playing drums. I'm a drummer by nature. Uh And uh, I was just jamming in a a music shop. And this dude comes up to me and he's like, hey, um, you're really good. 
And like this guy looks like ZZ Top, like the big beard, <laughs> long hair. So he's got to be good. Yeah. Okay. And so when he says you're good, like we started talking and uh, he actually developed uh, an electronic drum set that was all custom hand built and this beautiful, gorgeous custom piece of uh, electronic equipment. And so he's like, I just need somebody to help me get this out there because I don't know how to do that. Wait, he just came to you randomly. Totally random. Like, we connected on drums. drums. Yeah, we connected over drums. One thing led to another. Okay, okay. Right? Yeah. And, uh, no, he, uh, you know, just our our personalities clicked, and that's when he started opening up about his business, what he needed. Right? And that, I think, is, there's a lesson just in that. Like, when you connect with somebody for real, then business things can happen. Um, Other collabs, JVs, whatever you want to do is on the other side of just connecting with someone. Mm -hmm. We did that first. And then he's like, you know what? You like, you've got to share my product. Like, I've got the video equipment. Just do, just do something with this. Hmm. And so I just went, set out to ask good questions of the people that needed to know more about uh, his product. I asked thousands of people, thousands of questions, and then we started creating content that answered their question. That's dope. Do you still have any of that content? Don't you dare! <laughs> Don't. Oh. It's brutal to watch now, but was yeah, it just it's on still YouTube. It's on YouTube. Yeah, YouTube okay. was brand new. Um, and see, that's yeah. the craziest thing is that nobody else was really using YouTube for marketing purposes at that point. It was like, yeah. you know, your home funny videos and, and funny, funny things crap, and yeah. like, you know, like just random. And so I started using YouTube that way. Um, and, you know, like it's so crazy. Like if you put out content that people are, they need, they need anyway, they start mm-hmm. watching it. And so, like, we started seeing a couple hundred views. I got better at asking questions, producing content, and then it was, like, a couple thousand views, then 10,000, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of views later. That all translated into sales for this company. And how long did that process take from hundreds to millions of views? Uh, About 18 months. Which is quick. It's relatively quick, yeah. Well, I guess if you're looking... At a gradual upswing. Well, like 14 years ago, that was quick. Yeah, that yeah. was quick. Right now, I mean, you put out one video. It could be 30 million views overnight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Okay, dope. So you recently got a notification on LinkedIn that has been 14 years, and someone messaged you on LinkedIn. Who is yeah. this person? Yeah, so, gosh, man, this hit me in the feels hard. <laughs> yeah. So, and it was, you know, it was just a day that, like, all these all these cool things were happening and it put things in perspective like how grateful I am to just live life and do things that I want to be doing. And so I get this message on LinkedIn and it's like, hey, I don't know if you'll remember this, but uh, I saw you speak at this marketing conference three years ago and we uh, we were both in the like the little deli eating these really gross pastries <laughs> and uh, yeah. we were just chatting and afterwards you told me that I would be this amazing leader like you you felt that in me just randomly you just met her in the uh, yeah i just met her she said you know great job or whatever she said and we were just chit-chatting and uh, i vaguely do remember this i I speak a lot and i vaguely remember meeting her and she was like yeah you know we you you said i would be this great leader and and then she went on to tell me that over the last three years she's really stepped into that vibe and is now leading her company. Like her company is grown. Her business has grown. Her life feels different. And that one interaction is stuck with her the whole time. That's awesome, dude. That That's what it's about. Like on the hard days when I just want to like hang up my, my hat, like yeah. that I can, I can, I can rely on those things at least. Is when you do feel down, like do you physically go into that space to motivate yourself again? Yeah, there's, there's a couple things, you know, like there's the, there's, I think there's a physiological, um, change that needs to happen. That means like I could just drop and do some pushups, go to the gym, go running or walking or hiking or whatever. Um, sometimes it's a social thing. Like I'll get out around people. Um, I think just entrepreneurs, we tend to isolate ourselves. Mm. Um, you know, like it's a one man show, but it's really not, we're all in the same boat. We just we just have our VR goggles on and we don't know that there's other people. Yeah. You know, we just slide the like get out of the matrix for a second and then you realize there's other people. Um, but yeah, I think there you have to change something otherwise it doesn't change. So when you start slipping down there, it's like if you keep going that direction, we already know what that looks like. It's depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. fear, overwhelm, all of these things, and we don't we don't need that. That's not productive. That doesn't get us to our goal. Yeah. So. Let's. I wanted to do this later, but let's just do it now because you kind of mentioned it with challenges. So 
you've already you are successful as far as your business and you've dealt with a lot that which we'll go into but what current challenges do you face like is it you're you're an entrepreneur at home mm-hmm. like you said you have to be alone a lot like do you get in your head a lot like for someone who has a successful entrepreneurial business what do you struggle with dang just getting real okay yeah it's getting right. real dude cool appreciate it <laughs> five uh, minutes uh, in five minutes in all right uh here come the tears um <laughs> Uh, no, I, I'd say you're absolutely right. I get really heady. I stay in my head a lot um, because I've realized that that's a, my, one of my greater assets too. Mm. That's where my great ideas stem from. That's where like everything happens there. And so uh, it's natural for me to, to stay you know, mostly in my head, not so much quote unquote my heart. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. I'm like 60, 40, you know, mm. like that's, and that's a big improvement from before. But uh, you know, that's, that's one of my, my things. I can overthink and overanalyze. Um, and what that leads to is paralysis by analysis. Yeah. You know, I, I just, I'll overthink it and then it doesn't happen for months. Right. And so I'm, I'm a big proponent of taking action. Like if I want something different, I've got to do something different. Mm-hmm. Right. And so just by hearing that, like you see that there's a dichotomy, there's two sides, like they're on one shoulder. It's like, no, it's okay, Michael. You need to think about it more. Go, why don't you take a nap? Why don't you like <laughs> eat a whole chocolate cake and just yeah, watch Netflix yeah. and just think about it? Yeah. And then the other side's like, get your ass just out of bed, good, bro. go to the gym for an hour, and then come home and crush it mm. like you normally do, mm-hmm. right? And so here's the trick, though. If you always have you know, this teeter-totter effect going on, you could go either way. Mm-hmm. You can condition yourself to take certain actions or hang out with certain people or do something different so that you're always tipped in one direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know of one person on this planet that is is like uh, immune to depression or anxiety or mm-hmm. overthinking or all of these things. That's not, I don't know of any one person. But yeah. you can train yourself to recognize those those symptoms of both good and not so mm-hmm. great. And do something different. How did you, I don't think there's, well, I know there are people out there that don't recognize their weaknesses or where there are less strong, we'll say. It seems, it seems like you're self-aware. How did you figure that out? And what advice would you give to people to figure out, like, again, focus on your strengths, but at the same time, recognize the weaknesses so you don't make mistakes. Ooh, okay. So we're not getting real at all here. All right. <laughs> cool. Um, no, uh, you know, there's two things. One yeah. is the people you surround yourself with. Mm. Um, and I really do believe that you have to do the thing that works best for you. So for me, it was like I would hang out with better people. Mm. Better meaning like, you know, we all hear, you know, you're the average of the five people. Yeah. But there are so many different types of five people. There's like in relationships, in business, in Uh, fill in the blank, anything that you can like Mm -hmm. religion or spirituality or whatever, there's those circles of people that you can get around and level up because you can see where they're at Mm -hmm. and you can, you know where you're at, right? Like whether you say it out loud or not, you're like, you get it and you can compare that to other people. And so there's that, but I really do believe that for me, it was in the form of mentorship, Mm -hmm. actually investing dollars to work with people that are, that you're, you're paying them money so that they can tell you what's going mm. on right and and it's it's a really cool thing because if you do it the right way in my opinion you're working with somebody that you really respect okay so imagine like your best friend you respect them and if they say michael like hey i'm noticing that you're like not performing you're like i don't see you marketing your stuff or i don't see you mm-hmm. doing your business or i don't see you like leaving your home for months right like that's okay they're your friend whatever but when you paid that person that you really respect and has the success that you're looking for in that area of your life, and they say, Michael, like, you need to get your ass out of bed. You mm-hmm. need to do these things. This will help you to overcome. Then you start paying attention because you, you've put your dollars there. Yeah. Do you think we've made progress in getting over the stigma of coaches and mentors? Uh, no and Yes. No, okay. because there's like a thousand million quadrillion <laughs> coaches now. Yeah, and it's you see them everywhere. Oh my gosh, it's crazy. But mm-hmm. here's here's what I love about that mm-hmm. is uh, I think people are aware enough to know that there are different types of people. There are people that, you know, January 1st, 2019, they became a coach. Okay, they just started. They don't know what they're doing. They're just following suit of 
whomever their their role model online is. Right. Okay, so there's that. There's also the person that has been at it for a little while, um, is, uh, you know, has resources, has experience, has results um, that they can point to. And that is really cool. I actually really love that there's a lot of coaches and mentors out there because there's none like me. And there's not a whole lot that have re- like re- actual results to point to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like, for example, like when, when and th- I don't do this very often, yeah. but when I invite you to my home. Yes. Thank you, sir. Like I, that's a big deal to me. It means a mm-hmm. lot to me because this, this, this space is really important yeah. to me. Um, but not like uh, not a lot of people can point to the, the things that they have. And I, it's not about materialistic stuff. Yeah. It's, it's the results, it's people, it's uh, community, all of those things. Um, and so I kind of dig it because there's so many people like, yeah, I'm a coach. I'm going to help you get to six figures. And it's like, okay, how many years have you created a six figure mm-hmm. income? How long have you been doing this coaching? Mm-hmm. Right? Like you get to ask those questions and it empowers the person that needs a coach because it's instant. Like, you know, or you, you move on, like either they're the right person or they're not the right person. And there's so many opportunities, but the people that are doing the the best job, they're rising to the top. Yeah. I think I need to. I haven't paid anyone to help me in any sort of way, but I think like I need to make that a goal this year just to really go into that avenue to push myself even more and take me to the next level. Mm. Um, real quick, can you throw out some just dope stats like to verify your like validity of like your results? Sure. sure. So if anyone is inspired to like, dang, like I want, you know, five figure work week or whatever have you to be inspired by you, what are some results that you've seen personally? Yeah, great question. So most people would start stuttering right now and say, it's not about the results. <laughs> I was lying. Uh, uh, gosh, like, why can't we just be cool? Um, no, I can, I can point to a lot of things. I can talk about the podcast that we started in 2016. Um, and I did it as an experiment where we went to number 23 on iTunes. I had uh, uh, interviews in Forbes, Inc., uh, eventually the Today Show, just from launching so you, something. So you were doing interviews? Yeah, I was. Past for, tense. Yeah, for those people. No, those. I, I did I did my own set of interviews, and I don't know if these names will make any uh-huh. sense, but Pat Flynn, who's who, uh-huh. who does Smart Passive Income, uh, he was my very first guest. We had really great guests on the show, and they don't just go on anybody's show. Does that make yeah. sense? So there's got to be something there, like some maybe some leveraged credibility if you don't know who I am. Yes. Um, but because the show did so well, Forbes and Inc. reached out to do articles on us. Okay. On, on what Rad. was going on. So there's that. Um, you know, even at, at 14 years of doing this, we're I I, I take my my client success uh, really personally. We're closing in on 21 million dollars worth of sales that my clients have done. Whoa. I don't I don't I don't work with thousands of clients. Okay. So I want I want that to be clear. My clients win. Mm-hmm. That's important. Not too many coaches and mentors, even if they're great at what they do, um, and they you know they have all the PR and they've been you know as seen on whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have the client results. How um, do you track that? Uh, they they tell me. It's okay. easy. Like we have those relationships. Okay, cool. It's like, dude, last year I did a million dollars, and it like blows my mind to hear people that you know are really smart, really great at what they do, really driven not have the success they bring somebody on that knows what they're doing and now they have they mm. have success at least they're hitting the goals that they they want um just last year you know a lot of times people say well why do you talk a lot about branding and speaking and coaching um because you're not like a, a speaker and i'm like well yeah but every year i spend 50 or 60 days on stage that's a lot dude it's a lot of time but i love to travel i'm a, i love to talk <laughs> like that's not a lie yeah. um, and I think I have relevant content to share but I don't even go pursuing those opportunities those come to me mm-hmm. that happens like the reason why we're doing this interview is somebody had me as a guest on their show yeah. they enjoyed that and they made an introduction mm-hmm. like that happens if you have good content if you're able to show up and if you have the results how like for someone who's just starting out and it's so easy to get anxious and judge yourself if you're not seeing results like in any type of business or any type of venture you're going off on like for you you just mentioned that it just happens but i know it wasn't all that way all the time do you remember a time of how long that took you to get to that point of stuff just kind of happening like mm-hmm. compounding yes absolutely uh, took about, you know, if I've, I've been at this for 14 years, it's taken about 11 years 
mm. for things to really move. And I think it's because it's the journey. It's the classic, you know, I'm the entrepreneur. I'm going to do this whole thing. It's brand new. I'm, you know, cutting edge, all this stuff. It's not until you realize that, like, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You don't have to do things the hard way. That's when the aha moments start happening. So, for example, um, three years ago, the difference, and I know we're going to talk more about this, but five mm-hmm. years ago, to be more specific, I went through a huge shift in my own life, mm-hmm. both professionally and personally. And that left me really hurt and broken as a person for a good solid year of my life. And that coming out of that was when I started to understand what I wasn't doing that led to my, mm. my results. Okay. Like I, I, I understood that there's a correlation between what I'm doing as a, as an individual and the results in my life. And it's no one else's responsibility or fault or, um, you know, praise that that happened. It's, it comes down to me. Yeah. And I think the message is treat it like it's going to happen tomorrow, but have the patience that it takes years. Mm. Like really though, People ask me like, yo, Ben, how's going going? Like, and I get the feeling that it's like, like, Hey, like, is it actually successful? Mm. I'm like, dude, I just launched two months ago, Uh but every single week it is progressing. And I understand that process of I'm getting clear on my mission. The content's getting better, getting better guests, better videos, more followers, whatever, like that's how I look at it. You know, like, of course I will always have to level up, but understanding that it can take years is important. You know, and that's the truth. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's so crazy. You know, we have, we have clients all the time that want to work with us. Okay. Want to work with us, create a five figure work week of their own. Totally get this, but it's not just like, okay, do these steps and you will have success. You also have to be that person first like it's not just like oh my gosh now i'm making you know 10 dollars every week this is crazy like oh my gosh like it's not you don't just step into doing something completely different and huh. you're just good okay like it does take time you get to be broken sometimes yeah you know like if you want me to go there Dude, i will go there let's go there so okay. you so you mentioned 14 years ago you met this random dude by drumming and you start producing content for him and then did you quit that to consult? Um, you know, that kind of turned more into a consulting role by the end of the five years that I worked with them. Okay. And so let's just, let's start there. Yeah. So it was a natural progression. Mm-hmm. Um, it turned more into consulting. They sold their company and which was the plan. And then I leveraged that success because they went from like doing like 40 or $50,000 a year to like half a million a year. Whoa. Um, and so I used that to start working with larger and larger companies. And so then I worked with another company that was doing about $350 million a year, mm-hmm. which was crazy, right? Crazy. I was a young kid doing that. And, um, you know, after four years of being with them, I realized something that like I had a new brand new baby girl in the way I was newly married. Um, and I wasn't seeing my daughter. And for a kid like myself that grew up without his dad in his life, and mm-hmm. here I was, you know, I have the ability to be in my daughter's life. And most of the time I saw her, she was sleeping. Mm-hmm. That did not sit well with me at all. And what were you consulting? Um, sales, branding, marketing. And you were traveling a lot, correct? A lot of time away from home. A lot. Like how many like, like weeks, months? No, I mean, it wasn't like extended like you would think. It was, uh-huh. it was but it was more like I was home two days a, a week. And that wears on you, man. It wears, yeah. Especially because, you you know, you, you want to be with your daughter. You want to be with your wife or your spouse or whomever. And I wasn't doing that. And outwardly, I was saying, you know, my family is my number one priority. That's mm-hmm. why I'm working so hard. Why, don't, why doesn't anybody understand me when I say this, right? Like, it was like, woe is me feeling. And then I realized, I was like, Michael, you're all about taking action. What actions are you doing? You are spending this time away from your family. Mm-hmm. That's on you. How people respond, that's on them. But you're taking this action. And it, 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 it hurt, like it hurt when I saw that realization, but I had to take some different actions. So I ended up, uh, resigning from my position, mm-hmm. no plan B. I mean, no plan you didn't, A. You didn't, no, plan a. no Did nothing. you have, um, you didn't have a job lined up or anything. You nothing. just quit. You yeah. didn't give two weeks. You just said, Hey, I'm done. Yeah, it was two weeks. Okay. It ended up being more like three or four weeks, you know, but, um, but having said that, gosh, like I had no plan. I had some money saved up and almost immediately, this is what I realized. 
is that it wasn't just the job was wearing on me. Mm. It wasn't just like I was tired of not seeing my family. It wasn't even that like quickly I realized my my now ex-wife and I had grown so far apart. It <clears throat> it really was me. I had to look and, and take accountability. That, like I was the center point of all of those things, not necessarily working. And so, yeah, man, I like I didn't see it at first, mind you. Like I didn't get that at first, but I did realize that my you know, the, the next step was to go through a divorce mm-hmm. and that hurt, that hurt. I was like, Oh my gosh, I gave up this career paying some, you know, decent six figure income, mm-hmm. a younger guy that hasn't had money growing up. And I gave that up to realize that I'm also now not a family guy anymore. Hmm. Gosh, that hurt. And like, tell me if you don't want to go there, but what, like, would you, like, did you regret that? No, I, I made a very conscious decision beforehand. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, if I leave, and you know, things were things were decent at home, but it's mm-hmm. like we didn't have a whole lot of time together either. Mm-hmm. So, but I could feel something was going on, and I was like, I need to make this change because if I keep doing this this job, okay, if I keep doing this thing, and my home life doesn't work out, I'm going to regret that forever. Like okay. I didn't give it everything I had, and I was like, but if I leave. I didn't graduate college. I don't have any discernible talent talents or documentation or certifications or mm. any of that. Like I just have me and my personality and my skill sets. <laughs> like that's it. Yeah. You know, my now shiny bald head, like that's all <laughs> I got. And yeah. so I, uh, I, I still made that decision. I saw what happened and I didn't have any real regrets. Like there's the practical side, like, okay, now what? But I didn't have any regrets. Um, and, and that was pretty, like, that was probably the healthiest thing I could have done. Um, before making that decision, but this is what it led to. Like, this is what all that led to was me not living life. Like I was sliding into a depression and I did not get it. I didn't see it. And like I said, over the, probably the next nine months. So after the divorce? After the divorce. Yeah. Going through this divorce was a real eye opener um, because I, it forced me to take a look at myself and I realized how little I was doing for myself. I wasn't taking care of my physical self, my spiritual, religious, my uh, relationships, um, financially, like I was, I wasn't really taking care of any of these things. You just didn't really think about it probably. No, not at all. Yeah. No, cause everything's fine. Yeah. Right. Like you don't think about things when things are fine. Like when uh. your car's fine, you're not thinking, Oh, I should get my, my wheel bearings checked, like, or whatever, <laughs> you know, like yeah. fill in the word. Like, can you yeah. cut in some like really like powerful, like intricate technical knowledge right there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like your flux capacitor is fine, okay, when when everything's yeah. fine. But it's not until your wheel falls off that you desperately mm, try like to figure analogy. out how to duct tape it back on. And that's where I was at. And so I, I realized something wasn't working, something wasn't right. And, uh, and so I started to just really reflect inward, but I wasn't taking any action at the same time. Like it felt good to go to the seminars and read the books and audio books and stuff, but I wasn't taking action anyway. Like I was still, I was learning stuff. Why? Why were you like, I'm fascinated by this mm-hmm. and I'll be honest, people past, past you like, and people like that are my pet peeve mm. because you, and it's rampant. Oh, for and, sure. Like, cause we have so much information and knowledge, but no action. Uh-huh. So like, why? You know, that's a good, I think we're scared. Hmm. You know, there's, there's, you know, a lot of times people talk about the fear of failure and the fear of success, Yeah, you know, and it's all of those things, all the things that come with that, because you're not just a new person because you have new information. You're not taking more action because you read another book. In fact, this is my two cents. Okay. I get a lot of flack for this, but I ask mm-hmm. people about their results. I'm like, yeah. I stopped reading books. I stopped consuming as much information huh. two or three years ago. Okay. Because I saw this this phenomenon. I'd go to the seminars. Okay. I'd read the books. I'd go to the events. And guess what? I saw the same people doing the same things, going to the huh. same event month after month after month. They weren't doing anything. And so I stopped consuming and I started creating. Because what Ooh. I saw was that these people were consuming everything that someone created, i.e. book, podcast, business, seminar, conference, all of that stuff they were consuming. And I was like, I'm not creating right now, but here's the trick the, I think the trick for everyone is that once you realize that, like if you really want to start a business, you have to understand where, 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 what are people doing right now? They're consuming the crap out of things and not everybody's creating. And so 
uh, I just needed to do something. And I, uh, you know, I'll, I'll frame it this way. Um, after nine months of not having a job, not really, not, not really doing anything financially to take care of myself or my daughter for that matter. Um, I, I hit the point where I couldn't afford like food, not, not, you know, including like rent, phone, insurance, Mm -hmm. like new shoes. I didn't know what that was. Okay. (laughs) Like that was my life. And being evicted from my apartment was, it was, it was a game changer for me. Like I so needed that. Hmm. Um, for a lot of reasons. Like I was so used to like talking my way out of things or huh. like I just real I like that was my go-to. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that was my thing and I couldn't out-talk or outsmart this situation anymore. And uh, I'll tell you what, sleeping in your car and not being able to hang out with your daughter over the weekend at your apartment, that sucks. That hurts when you, you know, desperately your whole life just wanted to start a family and take care of a child like 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 you didn't have growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's uh, that was my rock bottom. Yeah, let's. If you don't mind, I really want not harp on this, but focus on it because I think people breeze by these stories so often. We hear these a ton nowadays of you know rags to riches, mm-hmm. but you're divorced, depressed, broke, you're evicted, and you're living in your car. I think it was two months, right? Two months, yeah. Like in the winter time. Okay, let's really break this down. Because I've never gotten close to any of this, which I'm extremely grateful for. But like, what do you do when you're living in your car? How do you shower? Uh, this is good. I love this. Okay, yeah. so I was very fortunate yeah. that I had a gym membership. Okay. Very fortunate that I already paid for this gym membership. <laughs> like a year in advance. Like no, like it's it was like a like a six month. Oh, okay, okay. Kind of deal, and so I had access to a gym. Mm which I didn't care about the gym. I wasn't taking care of myself, right? I went and I, I lifted some weight, so I looked the part. Yeah, yeah. And then I would go shower. I would, honestly, I would sit in the the hot tub. I'd sit in the sauna. Like, this sounds like glamorous, right? Like, but it, it was torture. You had, you had nowhere else to be, probably. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. And, and you, Interesting. Know, you know how hard it is to chit-chat with people that, like, are, are sitting there because they have the time freedom to do that? When you, you also have the time freedom, but in a very different way. Interesting. That's very crazy on the brain. Huh. And, uh, and that in itself, like I could shower at least. I was, I was clean. That was good. That was important um, <laughs> uh, for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Uh, but here's, here's the bottom line is like I knew I couldn't do that forever. Mm-hmm. And when my daughter, okay, like when I tell her the first time, like I can't have you this weekend. I'm going to take you to dinner and then back to your mom. And she asked me why, and I can't lie to her. So I'm like, I am no longer living at that apartment. Hmm. I don't have anywhere to take you, you know? And she looks at me in the rearview mirror in her little booster seat and says, just make more money. Okay, that blows your mind. Mm -hmm. Because she just told me in in no uncertain terms that I needed to take action. I needed to produce results because what that meant for me is like, I'm looking at my daughter who I am here to take care of to be an example for, and I'm not doing either of those. Mm-hmm. And she told me straight to my face. You know what I mean? Like it, I chuckled, like I wasn't upset. Like I, it was mind blowing. Even in that moment you, ch- oh, you chuckled. Yeah. I was like, Oh my gosh, so you are simple. completely right. <laughs> I've Make done nothing. Money, yeah. I've done yeah. nothing to, to create. So, okay. You're right. And I, like I should have hired her as my first mentor, <laughs> right? Like she's brilliant that way. That's funny. And, like people get mad over like when someone at like at Chick-fil-A gets their order wrong. Right. But you were like living in your car, bro. Like, like I have no idea what that's like and like props for getting out of that. What was the first step to really get out of that? Awareness. I had to be aware of my situation, like really aware. Like if you don't take action, you don't have gas in your car now. Mm hmm. Let alone wow. food, right? Let alone, you know, paying for a cell phone bill. Let alone, you know, insurance for that car. Let alone, you know, child support at this point. Let alone mm. eating, like all of these things. So it was either, like I had to be aware of the the real circumstance. I had to get real with myself for a second and understand that I had two choices. Like I either do something about it or I don't do something about it. And I go sleep with the homeless people at the park. Did you, dude, that's crazy. Um I bet that was scary too. Absolutely terrifying, yeah. Yeah. Um, so what what was the first job? How did you get your first few bucks? Yeah, so oh I I'm an all or nothing kind of guy. Okay. Yeah. 
So this is exactly what I did. I was like, okay, Michael, I'm going to treat you like you're my client now. Okay. okay. So you wanted, at this point, you knew you wanted to be a coach slash mentor. Not necessarily. Okay. I just knew I needed to do something. And okay. that was my square one. I needed to do something. And I want, I was going to hire myself as my own, my own coach. <laughs> I like it. And I said, okay, Michael, if you put yourself in this situation, okay. And like really just talk to me like I'm, I'm a client. And so I looked at, it, I was like, okay, no, no money. You can't, you can't go out and buy, you know, equipment or hire a mentor or any of these things. So what can you do? And I just went back to my, like the basics. I can create content and I can get people seen online. Okay. I knew I could do those things. Mm -hmm. Those skill sets never went away. Having said that, the way I felt about myself would have prohibited me from reaching out to people, posting stuff on social, like showing up at events. Um, so I told myself, I was like, Michael, it's either you you step into these new shoes or you don't have shoes. Like that's the reality. Hmm. And so what I did was um, from my phone, actually, I started posting stuff on Facebook uh, relevant content, like tips on how to be seen online pretty much. Okay. And, um, I just wanted to show that that's where my direction was. That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm focused on. That's who I am. And so then I reached out to 10 very specific people that I was connected to on Facebook. And I just told them, I was like, Hey, this is new. This is what I'm doing. You know, me as this young consultant dude, but now almost a year later, I'm focused on helping entrepreneurs um, to be seen more online, work on their personal brand, okay. um, you know, in, in various ways. Here's my program. It's a thousand bucks. What do you think? And of those 10 people, five of them said yes. Hmm. And blew my mind again. And just like that. So like all or nothing, baby. Like was that within like five a couple grand? Weeks yeah, like... it was. It took me a little little while to really yeah. get the hang of what I could do. Okay. But literally in a, in a period of like. 72 hours three days Dude, i just that's wild it's crazy from broke to Dude, to making five g's uh yeah. yeah i could eat you better believe your boy ate <laughs> i i probably go? myself. i probably went to the same mcdonald's that i went to and got like three things on the dollar menu versus yeah. the one that i usually did um no i don't remember i i made some smart decisions i was like don't blow this don't mm. do your 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 old pattern of just spending what yeah. you got okay be smart and i think that's one thing that you did that was really smart is that you didn't pretend to be anything that you're not. Mm. You didn't say like, you didn't really have any much things to post about as far as like, check out my flashy this or yeah, that, No way. but you didn't say anything that you were not. Yeah. Cause you knew about marketing, you knew how to get an online presence and that's what you talked about. That's exactly it. That was my skill set, and that was true. You know, I, I didn't lie to anybody. Nobody, you know, it's not like anybody would, was asking like, yeah, so where do you live now? <laughs> like, like, uh, I, I live, uh, uh, technically it's at 1300 East and <laughs> no, it like, I didn't, it, it yeah. wasn't like that. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't fake it till I made it, so to speak. I just rested on my laurels of what I could actually do. Okay. Rad. And so that is obviously a powerful story and you tell it a lot. I imagine. Sure. Like how many times a week do you think you tell it? Uh, 10. Do you, do you say it every time like you're talking to a new client? Yeah. Okay. I, I've practiced this. So, right. It's, but you're asking questions that I have not answered. Okay, So good. this is cool. So super clean, smooth. Yeah, you said it, you know, a million times. But do you ever get tired of sharing that story? You know what? No. Um, and, and I'll tell you why. It's because mm -hmm. I know that the people that listen to this are different than the people I did a podcast with earlier today and mm -hmm. yesterday and the day before, and the stage I sp spoke at last week. Mm -hmm. um, it's a different set of people, and I am on fire for like for, to help other people, whether they're coaches, entrepreneurs, speakers, or they have their 9 to 5, or they work at the grocery store, or they're uh, you know, 17 and you know, about to go to college. Yeah. You know? like, it, it's all the same to me, but I, I, I know that I was that person at some point. Like, I know mm. that if somebody's still listening to this, then they're getting value from yeah. it. And um, I only wish somebody would have stepped in my life that had been through certain things and had come out on the other side for real. You know what I mean? Not like, oh, I like I was down to my last $8,000 and then I had to like give up my <laughs> Porsche. It was rough, you guys. Like you yeah. don't even know. Like that's uh -huh. okay. Somebody can relate to that. But the yeah. person that relates here, like they're, this is, this is a very common thing. Mm -hmm. It's very usual. And for people to talk about is powerful. And we got to be on point, man, because you never know 
who's listening and who it could affect. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. This, this world changes by thoughts and, um, and I'm, I'm just here to share mine. So have you ever listened or read the book essentialism? No. Okay. So when we were booking this interview, you sent me your schedule. Yeah. And I loved how you, you broke it up as far as Monday and Friday are blacked out. And so you only have Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday mm-hmm. to do business with Michael. You're a very important person. Super important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Top of the food chain. <laughs> yes. And I think this is wise. I've heard a few people talk about scheduling and just being smart with your days, whether it's in the morning you do your creative work and then administrative things in the afternoon or only certain days you do interviews or whatever. And I just thought that was really cool. Like how was that just a personal preference? How has that worked tactically to make you more productive? Yeah. You know, um, I have a big heart. And so the one thing, like when I started using an online calendar system, I, I mean, it was all day, every day, you know, you could book it Mm. until like nine o'clock at night. For and, real? And, yeah, absolutely. Dang, dude. Because I want to be flexible, and I know international, like if you're you know, in Australia, you know, I can't be talking to you at 3 a.m. your time, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so uh, I try to keep it flexible, but here's the reality is that I would give a lot of time to people that I wasn't the right fit for. Like I was never going to change. I was never – like we would never work together, and I would still spend two hours on a call with them. And now that – uh, starting off, I needed to do that probably to learn that I, I yeah. shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. And so um, I got real with myself. I was like, man, after the weekend, like it's hard, brutal on Monday to like both try to catch up, right, and get ahead and take on new calls and do podcasts and run my mastermind and, and, and. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, something's got to give here. And I'm like, I love my Mondays and I love my Fridays when I can just focus on the things I need to do. That's it. Mm-hmm. I just want to do that. You know, and that's what it just came out of like essential. Like it was yes, like the plan. Like I needed this. I had to be aware of that. And I took take Mondays and Fridays for myself. So you give a lot. Have you learned? How do you feel about saying no to people right now? I'm okay with that. Okay. Yeah. Always or is that a new thing that you've uh, gotten better at? No, I, it's it's a skill for me. Like okay. I want to be a, a resource. Like I've spoken at events I shouldn't have been at. Like yeah. Like, really, like, I would say yes, and I'd show up, and I'm like, this was a bad idea. <laughs> like, like yeah. I don't know what I'm doing here. I, I don't even know what value I can bring. Like, mm-hmm. I would do that, but now it's like, okay, if I want to say yes to the big goals that I have, the things that I really want to achieve in my life, that takes time. Mm-hmm. And if I'm giving time to the, the areas and the avenues that don't serve my goal, then I it's a no. And, you know, the hardest part about that, to be honest with you, is the, the people closest to me in my life. Mm. Girlfriends. Um, wife like whoever that could be like my my close family like I haven't gone home to Chicago to see my family because I had something that got me to my goal Mm. you know and like it it had to be black and white for me um and it's still something I'm I'm studying and kind of like taking on but it's so much simpler it's like okay me going to that um like tailgating party isn't as essential as me going to prepare for this talk I'm giving in LA next week Okay, that's cool, man. And uh, what the book essentially says, my favorite line in it at least is, live your life by design and not by default. Oh, I love that. So yeah. essen- essentially, that's what you're doing. And it resonated with me because so many of us, me included, we just accept what we're given and people make choices for us instead of, wait, 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 how do I want to live? And of course, it may take time to get there, but design it yourself that just sounds so much better. Uh, and it is. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. Like, th- I, I resonate with that really hard, and I'll tell you why. It's because when I first started my own, like like being more of like a coach mentor, I felt like I was taking orders, hmm. okay? And the results weren't as great. I was taking orders, and I, I, I'm out of total respect, I was taking orders from the person that hired me because they didn't know what they were talking about. And I was taking orders from them. Like I was going to do the thing that they told me and they didn't know what they were talking about. Yeah. Like, you know how many great results I had at that point? Not many. Mm-hmm. And that's real. Okay. And that hurt. And I was like, okay, I've got to design this thing and not just accept what comes to me. Yes. I get to take control of that yeah. because that's where I've seen 
results. If I know that I can get the result, I get to be the professional here Mm -hmm. and put something together. And that actually changed. And it shows up a lot in various ways, not just in business, um, in relationships. I get to take control of what I will accept, what I won't accept, what works, what doesn't work. And that's really important. It's crazy in every relationship. So, I mean, setting those boundaries, like if there's uh, an area of expertise that I bring in whatever, like I I can own that. Mm -hmm. And um, like you said, you got to be sharp and ready and prepared. And so like, you know, something pops up. I'm like, yeah, no, I see where you're coming from, but here's a little background. Here's where I come from. Here's the expertise I have. Mm-hmm. I think we should do it this way. And mm-hmm. here's why. Right. Like that's like, oh, okay. Got it. And we can mm-hmm. move forward. It's kind of cool. But like, yeah, living by design, not default. Like you don't have to accept what comes to you. Mm-hmm. You can take full control of that and design away. Like I don't want to, I don't want to work on Mondays and Fridays. I want to, I want a four day weekend every weekend. Mm-hmm. Right. I want to sleep in like I'm still wearing my workout pants from this morning and it's a Monday. <laughs> Me too, actually. Like, like, well, you know, we now we've now everyone knows. <laughs> yeah. But it's what day is it? It's Monday. Yeah. This is this is my day. Mm-hmm. And this is how I'm showing up. This is how you're showing up. We're, we're chill. We're doing our cool yeah. thing. But we get to design what that looks like, period. Yeah, dude. I'm all about that. And I yeah, I love it. Um, What's your advice for someone? Man, do we could talk forever. But what's your advice for someone who's feeling depressed and we know that there are record highs for depression and i think we talk about it a lot at least i see it talked about a lot because i follow people Mm -hmm. you know so i know there's probably some people who don't talk about it a lot but within the self-development community i know it's spoke it's talked about and i think we've it's we've lost unfortunately that we've lost the urgency of it or the importance of it because it's talked about so much that people just even me like it's just one ear out the other sometimes which is unfortunate but what's your advice for someone who's really feeling that like they're alone or depressed what's just one small step to feel a little bit better dang no pressure no pressure (laughs) you know you're just basically jesus right now okay excellent (laughs) uh here i go i have to grow out some hair though apparently (laughs) i would say i would say this um gratitude Mm -hmm. being grateful for what you do have um you know a lot of times people talk about gratitude and it's like this woo woo kind of another buzzword another buzzword and here's if i can break that even farther down so many people have no idea what they're talking about and they use this terminology so i want to back this up Right. Mm-hmm. By example and by result um, so that you know that this isn't just another thing you can not listen to. OK. Mm-hmm. Gratitude. So when you're in a state of depression, your mind in your body, you're in a di- downward spiral. OK. As quickly or as slowly as that is, it's going down. Your thoughts going to the negative. Your actions not as productive. OK. We have the evidence in our life that we're in a depression, whether we know it or not. OK. But. When we start being grateful, gratitude is is one of those things where we start to see things in a different way, right? So I was grateful that I had a car. I was grateful I had the ability to be ashamed sitting in a hot tub with a multimillionaire where we're talking about life and business. Like, I was just grateful. I was smiling and I was just like, you know what? This sucks. (laughs) You know, like I had to take ownership of that and just be grateful for what I did have. You know, when I found change under like my car seat and I could go to the dollar menu that day. Like that's I a was, real story. That's a real story, dude. You know, you're like the hustler, man, you got to Like it, it's either you do it or you don't do it. You know what I mean? And, and I honestly believe if you can just find that one thing to be grateful for at any time in your life, it starts to change the, the actual chemistry in your brain. You stop seeing everything as a negative. You stop mm-hmm. always hating everything. You stop like hating yourself. You stop, um, all of the negative like starts to stop the momentum going down. It takes time and then you can start seeing it come back. And that gratitude that you can have just for being able to breathe, you know, if you have two hands, yeah. you're freaking, you're, you're pretty well off. Dude. I love that. Like breaking it down to even those things of, even if you have one leg, like people that I like those motivational speakers that I've seen, like who have no legs. Yeah. Nick Santonastasso. Yes. That's who it is. Right. That's who I'm thinking of. He is happier than anyone I've seen. And like, yeah. Can I also you say know? this? Yeah. Say whatever you want. Okay. Dude. This is going to be crazy. And this is going to be a paradigm shift for a lot of people, but um, I love being in a tight, in a tight spot. 
Me too, actually. I thrive there. Yeah. Because guess what? Who else could endure this? Mm-hmm. Who else could be, you know, experiencing homelessness, um, still trying to take care of their daughter and their, like, life and starting business? Like, who else could absorb that much pressure and allow it to mold you into something stronger? Like, mm-hmm. you can. Like, if you're listening to this right now and you've experienced this, you're listening to this podcast. You have the technological method of that happening. You have a phone in your hand. Mm-hmm. You have a laptop in front of you. You're blessed. Yes. Okay? It It's like the arrow being pulled back. you got to be dragged mm-hmm. back before something crazy happens, right? Before you go sailing through the air. And this right here, it makes you who you are. Like, I couldn't be as effective on stage or on podcasts or in person or in my own business if I didn't experience those things. Yeah. Because I wouldn't have a clue as to what I'm talking about. But just know this is part of the story. Just fast forward three years. Like, in three years, like, I, I was homeless, okay? Let's back it up. You know, four years ago now, four years ago, five, something, something like that, going through divorce, depression, mm-hmm. slip, slip and sliding down into the barrels of depression, mm-hmm. okay? And then understanding that I I hit my rock bottom. I was at the very bottom of my everything where I was so neutral. I could have taken or, or I, like I could have been here or not. Like I like suicide at that point. I'm using the S word. Like I didn't care about it. It was either I lived or I didn't and I didn't care. Okay. Hmm. And in that point, you have to prepare yourself. Like I mentally, emotionally was connected to my daughter. Okay. Like I didn't stay because of myself. I, I had no control over that. I was... I was not in a position to like make that decision, mm-hmm. but I was here to show my daughter what's possible. As simple as that is. Like it doesn't have to be for yourself. It doesn't have to be under your own power. And um, it's too many things in my life, uh, honestly, is, uh, have happened where I realized that there's more to this life than just my decisions, just who I am and how I show up in this world. I know that there's a bigger plan, a bigger picture for me. Okay, I had to re- rest on all these things. But I couldn't be effective in any other way if I hadn't been here. I couldn't speak about, you know, what it took to uh, barely make ends meet or, like, barely buy food from a dollar menu and, like, jump on Skype calls at my local Starbucks because they had Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. And I luckily still had a phone, right? I didn't have cell service, but I I could get on their Wi-Fi. Like, I have to be real about all those things so that people really know I've been there. You know, it, it's not just a story. It's not just a, you know, a thing that we like to hear and it's inspiring and motivating, but like wrap this back around to your own life. Like mm-hmm. how long, how long have you been at that job that you're neutral about that you actually hate? How long have you been married to somebody that doesn't serve you? That is abusive. That is, uh, you know, all of these things. How long, how long can you do that before you re- recognize that Like you don't have much longer on this planet. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. do you want to keep going down there? Do you want to be neutral about your life or do you want to try to do that one thing that you've always wanted to do? And you've told yourself story after story about how you can't do it. Okay, Mm -hmm. like it can be done. I'm sitting here. We're sitting here talking about the fact that it has been done. If I can do it being a regular dude, Mm -hmm. like whoever's listening to this can do it. Mm -hmm. Promise. Dude, I love it. That was that was powerful. I would drop the mic, but it would ruin the audio. It would break the, yeah, break the <laughs> mic. Break okay, anyway, so we've come to the segment of the show where I call Scroll My Soul. Scroll? My soul. My soul. <laughs> okay. Okay, and the reason why I call it that is because when I learn well, through conversation, books, what whatever have you, I write stuff down on my phone. I'm sure you do the same. Of things that I learned. So I randomly scroll through that note and I just flick through it. Nice. And then I stop somewhere and I say a thought for you and I ask how it resonates with you. Is that cool? Yeah, let's do that. All right, dude. You've kind of already touched on this a little bit, so it's kind of perfect. So this is what I wrote the other day. I can't help everyone. I need to be okay with that. Even though I want to impact as many people as possible, only the people who really care will will make a change. Deep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you want to know my thoughts? Yes. Okay. Um, something that really keeps me going when you talk about impacting people mm-hmm. is knowing that I only I can only reach X people today. Like mm-hmm. I, there's a finite reach on that. Yes, the internet. Yes, all of the you know possibilities. But the reality is, I you know I'm only going to reach so many people. 
Um, but here's here's what keeps me motivated in, in, in moving forward is knowing that I can always increase that. I can always do something better or different to reach more of my people, like the mm-hmm. people I'm supposed to. Um, and so knowing that I'm not going to reach, you know, seven plus billion people on this planet, probably mm-hmm. closer to eight billion people, like I, I, I am okay with that. Um, mm-hmm. But here's where here's where it gets deeper. I know that if, you know, of the million or so people that I can reach in a year, if a percentage of them are changed, you know, fundamentally, mm-hmm. if they think a little bit different, one degree differently, mm-hmm. that one degree over the over the rest of their life, they are in a different country. Okay. And that is really powerful. I, I know that if I'm impacting someone, they're impacting someone else mm-hmm. and that there's no end to that. And that it goes back to gratitude even, right? Of because I get frustrated. I said like my pet peeve is when people don't like take action, but t- that's not on me. You know, like of course, like I want to help and I want to inspire and impact. And so, but I have to trust that hopefully they're on their own journey mm. and I will do everything I can but I can only do so much and I'm still learning that. And I know that will always be a test for me. Absolutely. Like, gosh, so important. And here's the cool thing. Like we talked about a journey here, Mm -hmm. you know, and knowing that, um, knowing that journey and what it feels like every step of the way, I believe that we get to, um, better impact people. So when I come across people and they, they tell me their, their same BS story that I've been telling (laughs) and I'm like, I'm like, okay, you're two years into this. Got it. Like I understand where they're at and I can have empathy. I can understand exactly where they're at and what they need. Mm -hmm. And that's really, I think, you know, that's, that's where I'm coming from. I just, I know that, you know, everyone's got their own thing. Sometimes I can identify and sometimes I can't. And I have to be okay with like the fact that I can't with everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right, dude, before we wrap up, do you have any last advice or tips for everyone? Yeah, just move. That would be it. Like, you already know that you want to do that one thing. Like, there's that action you've been wanting to take. Like, you, know. you know what it is. Oh, like, they know. You it's, know. It's in your heart or somewhere in your mind. It's it's the first thing you thought of when I said yes. that. Yes. Uh-huh. That thing, please, do yourself a favor. Put all of your worries, put all of your, your, your stories about what that is going to look like. Put it all aside and like actually do it like this week. I, I'm, I'm going to challenge, I'm going to dare you to do it. Ooh. And you'll be so freaking glad that you did. I, I guarantee. Now, having said that, don't harm anyone. <laughs> don't harm yourself. Yes. Okay. That's uh, a little disclaimer, mm-hmm. little, a little asterisk. Okay. But do that thing. The thing that lights you up that you haven't done in a long time, like whatever it is, ask that girl out. Okay. Like mm-hmm. do that, you know, um, have that hard conversation with a family member. Like do it. It's going to lighten you up. And the lighter Ooh. you can get, the faster you can go, the farther you get. Dude, I love that. That's going to be our challenge for this week. It, okay. I love that, man. Dude, this has been awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me in your home um, or the guest house at least. Mm-hmm. But I feel privileged. Absolutely. So man. for real, man, thanks for taking the Monday night and adios. Thank you all for tuning in this week. Thank you for tuning in for another episode. For real, if you're listening right now, I love you. And I really appreciate that you're listening. I truly think that you can get value from this and I hope you're applying it. And if you haven't done a challenge yet, do this one because this week's challenge is inspired by Michael and he would take offense if you didn't do it. So it's inspired by him and the five figure work week. And your challenge is to write down your five favorite problems. So how I did this, you can see it when I launch my content, when I watch my video, is I did it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and I wrote one thing down. You can do it whatever way you want. You can do it in one day, whatever. I wrote my five favorite problems. They can be small things or big things. And why I do this is because I wanted to re- reframe my problems. Like, what is good about the problem? Is it even a problem? And are my problems smaller things and I shouldn't complain about them? Like one of my problems is find another barber, you know, like, and it's reframing our mindset to be like, okay, I've been thinking and complaining and worried about this thing, but dude, it's not even a problem. Like finding a barber, I will take that problem every day, even though I really do think it's a problem because I really love my, my old barber where I moved from, but 
you get the point. Reframe it to list your five favorite problems and realize they're not as bad as you think you are, or they're not as bad as you think they are. And hopefully, if they're small, we can get bigger problems. Because problems are just problems, man. You, If you're struggling for money just to survive, it sucks. And if you're struggling to get money for a business, but you're well off, or you're struggling to raise money that, and you're already successful financially, it's still a struggle. Do you get that? That like it all feels like a problem. So you need to problem solve. And let's reframe our five our five favorite problems. And there are a few ways you can report back once you complete the challenge. You can post on Facebook or Instagram using hashtag Golink Challenge. Tag us in your stories, or use the Golink Hotline. So the point of the hotline is to do this privately if you don't want to post a story and still have an accountability portion. To use the hotline, call 385-626-0525 and follow the instructions. Follow us at Golink Group, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. My name is Ben. I love you. And this is The Golink Show.